0: Hello, everybody. We, we have Armani on. Like we just we just recorded with Armani. It was great backpack exchange. Awesome. We can't, we can't even do our normal always, intro
1: because we're so I, stunned. I can't even do it. Like we literally <laughs>
0: just got such great positive uh, comments from Armani about you know how much he enjoyed being on the on the episode with us, and we're just like oh. Oh, thank we're you, Armani. Cloud, thank you so much. We're on cloud nine right now. <laughs> Very much on cloud nine. Armani gave us some alpha. I mean, unfortunately, the alpha is going to come out. This episode is going to go out after the alpha is like public. That's but the, still, like he point. told us, like it, it was cool. Um, Dude, I uh, freaking backpack exchange. Backpack Armani, exchange. Like, amazing. I don't.
1: I don't know. I, I, there's some pretty dope teams in Solana. And I don't know. There's amazing like, teams in it, Solana. Like it's, it's, it is look, you cool make fun. You're definitely one of them. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say you make fun of me for for sort of after every episode saying like this is my new favorite person in Solana, but that honestly just speaks volumes to like the caliber of people oh, that yeah. we have here. And I Absolutely. also don't think that anyone would fault me for saying that Armani is my favorite person in, in Solana. Literally right? no like, one.
0: <laughs> and if no they one. would, they
1: don't believe in Solana. So it's like, it's fun.
0: No, but like, on, Ar- Ar- Armani's, you can't,
1: Armani's You can't listen to Armani and, you can't listen Armani and not be bullish on whatever he's involved in. Oh, absolutely. Like
0: uh, Armani's breakpoint talk of when FTX happened, like the, the you know, the world crumbled around FTX. Armani was asked a bunch and of like, "Are you going to stay in the Solana ecosystem?" And his breakpoint talk. He's got tweets from Raj and Anatoly and him. It's, "I'll leave when they leave." And Raj and Anatoly are like, "I'll leave when Armani leaves." And so, mm-hmm. like, great, we're all still here. We're all going to keep going. And it's like, yeah, that dude. is the epitome of the Solana ecosystem, and I fucking
1: love it. Yeah, it's it's freaking awesome. Look, I y- you know for the, for the listeners, we talk a bunch about backpack exchange here. Uh, I think it's going to be amazing. I think it's awesome. I know there's probably some listeners Boosh. who are like diehard self custody only, and that's totally fine. Right. I think the whole you point can have here, that with backpack Exactly, exchange. The, the whole point here, well, not with exchange, but with backpack, right? Like the whole point here is, is that they provide a spectrum of custody, but the exchange itself you know will allow you to do things that you can't do with with just self custody and i don't i think we can be pragmatic and say that both options are necessary right oh, yeah, we need absolutely. we need backpack exchange we need backpack the self custody wallet we need we need all sorts of products across you know a, a vast spectrum of of use cases and needs uh, and and users can be educated and, and choose the options that make the most sense for for them. Um, yeah, this episode really was awesome. Just we talked a lot about that, but also we just talked about what it takes to build an exchange and and why it matters and why it's important and yeah. and who it, who it'll be available to. All kinds of cool stuff.
0: Yeah, it was Ar- Armani shed some light on all of the like we're devs, we build stuff. There's a lot of devs build stuff, but People don't really talk about the compliance side, and Armani really shared a lot of information about the compliance and like what that looks like, why they're doing some of the things that they're doing and I think that was probably one of my favorite parts aside from the compliments are always nice. Uh, <laughs> it was really cool yeah,
1: let's get into it let's do it the numbers here i I uh, I've been incredibly excited to chat with you even since before uh, breakpoint right because it's just like i feel like we had such a good conversation oh, yeah, for sure last time that i was just like we got to get another episode with armani and then breakpoint happens and your announcement happened. and then that big announcement happened <laughs> and i was like oh what the fuck let's uh, <laughs> let's make this happen sooner <laughs> i'm not gonna lie man i am i am a little mind blown with the like the breadth of what you guys build. Like, yeah, it's wild, not, and it's like, not even just the breath, it, like, yes, it's crazy breath, but you also not seem to knock it out of the park every time. Right. So I don't know. How are you doing? Are you, do you sleep? Do you like, <laughs> oh no, we he's like nursing coffee. He's just like he's muted. Just like, oh, <laughs> uh, how's that?
0: Nice. I might've clicked the mute button by accident. I'm sorry. Oh, come on, Nick. <laughs> yes, that's not good. the worst.
1: I think so we're good so now. yeah, I mean, do you, do you, do you sleep? Do you like, what's how, you, you guys are, <laughs> I, I'm going to say you guys, because I know there's a team behind you too, but like you guys are superhuman.
2: <laughs> yes. The, there's the, a painting the, we're, behind we're, him, James. <laughs> uh, I can't take credit for this painting, but yes, the, there's an amazing team. <laughs> um, I know, I don't know if you can tell, but like, this is my, like, not, sleeping face and general kind of appearance. Um, No, we're just like pushing right 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 now. (laughs) There's just like so much um, to do. Uh, But yeah, we're launching a lot of stuff right now. We just got the first phase of exchange of the exchange going. So we got identity verification, sign up, sign in uh, KYC onboarding. And this, these next, you know, this, this next week, really, by the time this probably comes out, you know, we'll just be pumping out phase after phase and getting this thing stood up and, you know, launching it. So it's been a, it's been a crazy kind of couple months. Yeah, dude, that's,
1: that's wild. Well, let's, I mean, I don't know how many listeners are not going to already know what it is we're going to be talking about, but just for, you know, so that everyone's aligned and we're on the same page. Uh, the, the big thing here is, is, Backpack Exchange. Is that I mean, is that like the full name? Backpack Exchange? Just Exchange. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, so like uh and you you announced it at Breakpoint, super cool announcement. Uh for anyone listening who hasn't watched it already, like go to YouTube and and watch it. But um of of course, we will talk like we will go wherever this conversation takes us. But that is absolutely like the the thing right now in my mind, and I'm sure in Nick's mind. And so oh probably yeah. where we have lots of <laughs> questions. So let's maybe let's start from. Ooh, yeah. Let no, let's do this. Let's 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 start chronologically here where it's like, when did you and the team first start thinking, hey, guys, maybe maybe we could build a better
2: exchange. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when FTX originally collapsed, right? I mean, we all know the story. You know, not only were my team was crushed, but so many teams were crushed. The entire industry was really crushed. And at that point in time, we really just had tunnel vision. It was just like, stay alive. Just like, get to the next milestone. We weren't really thinking about the future on like a long-term time horizon. To be honest, it was more just like, don't panic and, and, and make sure you have enough runway to, you know, keep the lights on and, and just like, you know, you know, motivate yourself and and the team and, and, and the world to not give up. Right. And so that was basically our, our emotional state, I think for, for a bit after, after FTX and we got to, you know, we le- released Backpack and we released Mad Lads, and and it was really after the Mad Lads Mint, which was, I want to say, about six months ago, that you know we really got a chance to stop and and reflect, and and it, and it was successful, and it minted out, and people we had an incredible community, and and at the time, I mean, I think there was a lot of people that were looking at the exchange business and and seeing. The FTX whole, you know, in the world, the void of 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 a international spot and derivatives exchange that, you know, um, you know, there's obviously, you know, a bunch of these other international exchanges that fill their own roles in the broader crypto ecosystem. But FTX was, was pretty unique for for a number of different reasons on, on the product side, on the just, you know shipping velocity side you know, um, and so a lot of people, I think a lot of startups are really formed like in this time period where people were like, all right, you know, exchanges are good businesses. Um, let's go build an exchange and they raised money and went, went after it. And I was not originally tempted to do this because I felt very confident, you know, about the engineering side, about the product side, about the marketing side. Um, I did not feel confident at all about the compliance or the operational side of things. I feel like that is really the hardest part of an exchange. I think building it, to be frank, very easy, um, relatively speaking. Um, it, it's a lot you mean, easier you mean, than- You mean technically? Like the, the, yeah, yeah, the technical base to it. actually build it? Just from like a programming point of view. Like, yeah, we know how to build exchanges. Like, This is like pretty well understood you know, technology, I think. There's some stuff about crypto that makes it unique. And, and I think we've done a lot of interesting work on the engineering side. So, you know, obviously things like zero knowledge proofs, things like MPC, things like building a, a robust, um, you know, uh, auditable system for not only yourself, but also for, you know, just a uh, regulators or, or people that want to inquire about you know th- there's a million different kind of rules to follow and, and and so it's a challenging problem don't get me wrong but from me and maybe this is just because i'm a i'm a programmer and a product person but from my point of view that was a really known quantity the really unknown quantity for me it was really the the compliance piece and so never in a million years that i feel like i would be able to do it alone and it was really a um you know, a serendipitous series of events that, you know, led me to uh, teaming up with, with Sun, who is, um, you know, one of the, uh, he's basically the, the guy that's leading all the legal and, and um, operations for the exchange, where he's basically the Tom Brady. I mean, people don't know this because he's a lawyer and, 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 and lawyers tend to be in the background. And, like, you know, can you name any GCs of any companies? Probably not, right? Um, <laughs> but um, just the I one think... for Solana Foundation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but he really is just like an incredible person. Like, he's really the Tom Brady of, of crypto law um, has just worked with every exchange under the sun. I mean, obviously FTX, but also he's he like, literally was the main, um, uh, I don't know what the official term is, but one of the main kind of lawyers that wrote the Coinbase S1, um, you know, did a bunch of stuff for, uh, I don't know if technically that's allowed that's to be cool. on a podcast or not, but, um, uh, you know, a bunch of exchanges, Kraken and others. And he, he is just an incredible person. And, um, you know, we, when we decided to, or he was out there like kind of, you know, post FTX really trying to solve a lot of these problems. Um, a lot of regulators from around the world like basically asked them like, Hey, what do we do? Right. And so he kind of went on this path of like helping exchanges get started, started up, helping regulators get, um, get a game plan for a post FTX world. How do you prevent this problem from happening again? Things like that. And, uh, it was really once we came together that we felt like we can execute on all sides because it's really a multifaceted problem. And so once that piece got shored up, we went full send. And that was kind of like the a bit of the Genesis story. Nice. And you said that was just after the mad lads mint
1: when, when that yeah. all
2: kind of came it together? That was really when it really started.
1: Yeah. Cool. What, um, I mean, at, at, at what point did, at what point did he enter the picture and, and you were like, oh, we've got every piece of the puzzle now.
0: And yeah. did you
2: already
1: know him ahead of time or did he just did, come into yeah. your world somehow?
2: No, no, I, I hadn't, no, I'd known him ahead of time. Um, I was lucky enough to, he helped out with a lot of the early kind of just like boring legal work when we took investment, um, uh into the company originally, um, when kind of, we spun up Coral and started originally working on, on X NFTs and Backpack back and, and that whole, um, endeavor. And yeah. And so we, we basically just, you know, started talking about, we are just catching up basically. And, you know, he was a, somebody I admired and trusted a bunch and, um, yeah, know, we just felt like we can do it. Honestly, we were looking around at the world and, it's like obviously a huge opportunity, right? It's obviously just a super important piece of infrastructure for not only like, you know, traders and, you know, TradFi people, but also just for the broader crypto ecosystem. Even if you care about decentralized apps and self-custody, which we care a ton about, um, exchanges are extremely important. Like Coinbase, to their credit, has probably onboarded more people to self-custody than the majority of decentralized apps, right? Because you have this really great opportunity to progressively onboard people into the industry where they start with somewhere where where they're really familiar and they end up somewhere where they learn about this incredible kind of vibrant on-chain ecosystem. And, And so we were really kind of, I don't know, looking at it from that point of view and thinking it was a really important problem. And, you know, all the while, like a bunch of people just kept coming up to me and kept saying, Armani, you should do an exchange. Like I literally had like five different people who I admired and respected a bunch um, that I won't name, <laughs> uh, basically tell me this. Um, and what's nice about kind of Backpack and, and the wallets and um, the NFT community is that it's a really good distribution channel for doing this wallets are they're not exactly exchanges it's a very different business um at least from an operational point of view like I, I don't think most wallet teams can can alone build build an exchange but from a, a ux point of view it's pretty similar right you you have a swapper you have you know your wallet management you send and receive tokens you look at your transaction history um and so it, it was very natural to just all right let's just throw it into the app and and that was a, a really uh, great place to start and so yeah, I'm rambling at this point, but I think that was a little bit of that Genesis story.
1: No, that's, that's great. I, so I, 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 I mean, given that history, I want to, I want to dig into the vision for exchange, right? It, it, it sounds like, not even sounds like it's like, this is what you guys do It's like you, you build stuff. And so you're actively building this, you're, you know, you're, you're rolling things out. As, as you're building right like like you guys you guys are building the plane as you fly it uh, It seems like always which is which is awesome because you can kind of progressively roll out pieces that work and get feedback and and iterate which is which I think is is super awesome what what is the grand vision so like well actually let me phrase that differently if you had to say like what is different about backpack exchange versus you know like a coinbase you know, or 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 a, or a binance or, or something like that right like what what is what is the thing that is special or that you're trying to
2: create that is special uh, about you know backpack exchange yeah it's a, it's a really good question so I think if you maybe take a step back and, and, and look at the product I had this slide in my breakpoint talk where I talked about the the spectrum of custody and on one side of the spectrum you have full self custody right your keys your coin 24 seat phrase preferably some hardware wallet um, you, know, you can maybe talk about more advanced things like multi-sigs and account abstraction and things like that but full self-custody the users tend to be extremely advanced um, it's pretty tricky to get this right um, but it's the maximum kind of you know Privacy-preserving the key management system, right? This is uh, how you know I mean, using privacy-preserving in a loose way. Blockchains, most blockchains technically aren't privacy-preserving, but I think you know it's you're not doxing all your details to to everybody in the world, or at least you have the opportunity to not do that. Um, and it's kind of the epitome of, of free speech, and it's really kind of what. This whole crypto revolution that, you know, a lot of us have been working on for the past, you know, the majority of our kind of professional lives at this point now um, uh, I, I really, really care about. And that's really like backpacks um, like starting point. Right. It's the it's the ethos. It's like the culture. It's how we're oriented in the world. But on the other side of the spectrum, you have you know a custody product, you have a compliance solution, you have a fully regulated um globally supervised, you know, crypto native financial institution. And, you know, one's kind of about decentralization and one's totally about centralization. And this kind of mirrors this kind of meme that Anatoly was talking about at Breakpoint where Solana is building this parallel financial institution or excuse me, parallel financial system. And I think that's a really nice metaphor because if you think about traditional finance on, you know, as one financial system and the crypto world on, as another financial system, you, know, you have these two custody solutions that span both sides. And I really view exchanges as more a bridge or an auxiliary system than anything else. It's really that connective tissue that allows you to bring value from the traditional World or the traditional economy into the crypto economy. And that's an extremely important service. It's important from the perspective of user onboarding, right? My first crypto, I don't know about you guys, but the first time I bought Ethereum was on coinbase first time i bought bitcoin was on coinbase um first time i bought souls on coinbase um, or actually that might be ftx but you know on centralized exchanges um and it's because of, of many different reasons it's because of the great you know um web2 kind of native user management system email passport password OTP. great it's because of the global banking and fiat rails if I can swipe a card anywhere on the planet in any currency or use a payment voucher or even better, do a direct wire transfer from my bank directly into, you know, my app, you know, if you want to call an exchange or a wallet or whatever, that is a really great user experience. And that's super important to get people into kind of the, the on-chain world you know, and if you're starting at the exchange, it's just an on-ramping tool or as a starting point point, then eventually ending into the wallet, that's just a, a really important <laughs> flow to optimize for. Um, and so, you know, but, the, but, but then it goes further than that, right? So, you know, you have great UX or intuitive UX with progressive kind of, you know, a progressive journey into self-custody. You have the fiat component and the regulation component, which is extremely important. And that's honestly why, this compliance piece is so critical. So you don't have compliance, you don't have licensing, you don't have a group of really experienced, uh, uh, folks that know how to do this stuff, then you're not going to get those banking channels. You're not going to get those card providers. You're going to get in trouble with regulators around the world and you'll, you're going to get kicked out of countries. And we're starting to see that with, um, with a lot of different folks that, are, that have tried to do this. Um, it's much, I mean, it's much closer to building a wall street kind of institution than it is to building a, a Silicon Valley tech company in terms of the skills that, that are required. Um, but then there's like, you know, companies like circle, which I think is a, an incredible example that I like to use where you have this really, um, it, it high integrity, but they're basically an exchange. Like they, what they do is they custody fiat and they custody tokens. Sure, they don't have an order book; they're not trading or whatever. But they're creating and redeeming this tokenized asset where they're tokenizing fiat, and then they're bringing that fiat onto, you know, the respective blockchains. And USDC now is an extremely important product. It's super important to you know to Solana to Ethereum to all these kind of cryptos and it's just honestly it's a 10x improvement on the status quo stable coins are extremely important and being able to tokenize that value is something that a regulated you know compliant financial institution can do and so for all of these reasons this exchange piece is so important and it's so valuable and it plays such a crucial role to continuing to expand the the reach and the set of products uh, of the broader crypto economy and really further ingraining it into our day-to-day lives, right? Um, And and I think that is one of the most, uh, I I think, exciting, I think, um, I, I think things to work on right now. Um, and, and I think there's just so much opportunity here because honestly, the barrier to entry is huge. Um, I think there's a lot of wallets um, because, well, any group of devs can go build a wallet. It's, um, I mean, you need to be, you know, a good, you know, a good engineer. You need to be security conscious. You need to, you know, be able to work your way around crypto. But but anybody can do it. And, and I think what's challenging about the exchange component is you know, for better or worse, these bar- barriers are exist. There's capital barriers. There's just like domain specific kind of expertise barriers. There's um, just being able to pick up the phone call and get onboarded to, you know, payment providers barriers. That's like, you know, there, there's just so many different things. Um, and so I'm rambling at this point, but I think that's a, a little bit how how I see it
0: that's that's super interesting and that's actually one of the things that I'm I'm very curious about cuz like you said like there's a lot of wallets out there there's a lot of people building tech and and writing code and talking about that in public and semi-public ways but no one really talks about the compliance aspect especially from the exchange perspective and so that's actually one of the things that I wanted to ask you was if if there's any sort of details of of the the compliance journey and the journey to get compliant in jurisdictions all around the world. Like I think you at your breakpoint talk, you mentioned that Backpack Exchange is officially registered in um, UAE and Dubai, I think, um, and that's like where it's like uh, its official location is. But you have to go through this compliance process in. All, effectively, every jurisdiction around the world, those are going to be so different, and especially in in blockchain and crypto, like it's ever changing. And we're we're slowly starting to get better financial regulation and guidance from governments or, and and nation states around the world. So I'm curious if there's any if there's anything that you can talk about or share in that regard.
2: So I think there's a couple components to it. So the first component is simply knowing the rules. I think there's I think one of the challenges that the crypto industry has faced is that it's turned away a lot of really incredible people because those people are are risk averse from a from a from a, from a just legal and emotional, like integrity point of view. And, and I, I would identify as one of these people. Like I would never, I'm very, I'm pretty risk averse. Um, like I, I don't want to do a token for this reason, even though I think tokens are incredible um, tools and, and super important tools. Um, I think tokens are super unexplored technology, even though uh, it doesn't seem that way. Cause we've gone through all this ICO kind of crazy craziness um, over the past, I guess, since I came into the industry 2017. Um, but the rules are just super unclear and there's, you talk to different lawyers, you pay them a lot of money and they all tell you different things. And you're like, okay, well, you know, that wasn't very helpful, right? How am I supposed to, (laughs) if if I'm like a well-intentioned person that has a reasonable skill set and I want to make an impact on a world with this like emerging technology, how do I do it? Um, And I think a lot of people, particularly engineers see this and they just run away Um, or they go work on things where, where it is more clear. Um, and, and so just knowing the rules is super important. And then the question is, well, how do you know the rules? And, you know, there's not really any like book you can read that tells you everything. It's like, maybe there's some, um, there's some cases or some precedent. if you kind of know how to like, you know, do that type of thing, which is like, okay, maybe I don't know how to do that. Um, yeah, and it's a really, and understanding case law is very difficult. <laughs> exactly, My wife yeah. is actively in law
0: school now, <laughs> so I, I get a slight glimpse into that and it's a, uh- not a skill set that I am interested in obtaining,
2: <laughs> and it's like there's probably not that many cases. And, and even if I didn't mm-hmm. try to do that, like I'm probably going to get it all wrong. Like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm an engineer, right? And so, really, I think what it comes down to is experience. And well, there's not that many law firms, and it's not a lot of a lot of big law firms with a lot of capital and a lot of uh, connections and a lot of experience that have enough experience or exposure to the industry where they actually know what you can and can't do, right? This is kind of a lot of the way lawyers work, right? It's not like black and white. It's giving, making judgment calls based on, you know, the way the world currently operates. Right. Um, and, and knowing like, you know, what the, what, what what the rules of the game are is extremely difficult. Um it's like I, I cannot make those decisions alone, right? And and, and I can tell you firsthand, like there have been a lot of decisions that I've made just from, and just for boring stuff, not even crypto stuff, just like how to set up a company, um, where like the lawyers, they fuck it up, excuse my language, but they screw it up. And, they, and that has big implications on, on you as an entrepreneur, right? As tax implications, it has implications on your, on your team, um, as implications on just like your reputation, right? Because they make you do stuff and then people see, and you're like, well, I don't know, should I do this? And, and the answer is like, well, I guess you're the lawyer. I'm I'm, li- I'm listening to you. Right. Cause I, I don't, Know what I'm doing, and, and and so this is such a important piece, which is just like knowing the rules. But that's like one piece, right? It's like okay, maybe you find somebody that knows the rules, and then you you know after that component, it's like well, you might know the rules, but now you have to build out this operational piece. You have to have like this team, and there's all of this different components that are totally unrelated to the product, but still require product input or, 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 or require like engineering work. So like for ex- a small example of this is like every day um, we have to do user by user asset reconciliation. So go through every user on the exchange, um, see every, look at all their balances, reconcile it against the blockchain and generate these reports. Um, and then it's not, not only that, but we have to do it for every jurisdiction a little bit differently. And it's like, well, how do I do it in the UAE versus how do I do it in Japan versus how do I do it in, you know, Australia? And, and you know, some jurisdictions require you to do things like have separate wallets. Um, other jurisdictions require you to um, have different, like, you know, monitoring w- rules. And it's all a bit different. Um, and, and that you might have different rules for, you know, different regulators, but then banks might have you do something else. Right. And, and, and banks are probably the most strict things because, well, they are extremely regulated. I mean, they have, uh, they're, they're super large and, you know, have no incentive to change. And, um, and so really you have to, you know, listen, it's the, probably the most important piece of the puzzle. And so you also have to listen to the banks as if they are, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, for the lack of a better word, uh, the word of God or whatever. Um, and that's super important. And, and so there's all these different kind of, um, things to understand, then you have to operationalize that into a product. Um, and it's everything from, you know, generating reports and and making sure that you're doing KYC onboarding correctly and, a- and asking the right questions, right? Different places might ask you different questions. It might require different things, whether it's proof of, res- of, 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 of addresses or identity documents or or just simply blocking certain places because maybe you don't have a license or maybe you can piggyback on the license of another team that you partner with. Or, um, you know, there's all these different kind of considerations. Um, and then there's, well, getting... People comfortable with what you've built, um, and so like a small example of this, right? Is well, we went and talked to um, some regulators and explained to them the whole exchange, right? We explained to them how it was built, um, explained to them, you know, you know, uh, that the, you know, the the custody solution, explained to them the architecture, and getting them comfortable with what we're doing um, and being very transparent about it. And, um, and so there's all these different kind of components that go into it that really requires a very unique mix of skills. And I can tell you that like, you know, although I'm, you know, the, you know, the, the face or whatever, the CEO, I'm certainly not doing it all by myself. There's definitely an incredible team that, that carries very heavy parts of this load. And, um, I think the product and the engineering really, it's like the sexy component, but, the compliance and operational component is just as important in my, in my view, it's, it's more important.
1: How yeah, this, this is, this is bringing up a little bit of PTSD for me. My, my uh, internship when I was in college, like before I graduated was uh, in the operations department at Goldman Sachs for their brokerage. Right. So like I, uh, I wouldn't say I'm like an expert there, but but it's like I I remember all of the work that sort of went into what you're describing, right? It's like oh, we need to balance accounts between brokerages at the at the end of the day. We need to settle trades within 72 hours of of a trade, and just all sorts of crazy things can happen. Um, so so like I, as someone who at least had a little bit of insight into that, and then also has spent most of my career as an engineer. I I think I agree with you that like the operations piece is actually harder, right? It's like computers will do what you tell them to do as long as you're explicit about it. Uh, the, the, no- the things that aren't locked down in code are a little bit trickier. Um, and, and ultimately like there is no world where everything is code. We can, we can, we can try to push in that direction as much as possible, but it's like, there, there's still human involvement. So, so that's, that's hugely challenging. What I, I would love to know is like how, I I mean, it's like six months ago, you decided to make an exchange. You've had to pivot in terms of your hiring. I'm sure you've had to find who are the people that are experts in financial operations. You know, you've mentioned sort of the legal and compliance side of things. Uh, I, you don't necessarily need to share who it is you know, I, I don't know you know if, if you want to or they want to but but how did you go about finding the right people to manage that side of the equation
2: yeah I mean I think this is really the hardest part of of honestly any startup it's really it's really hiring the right people I think if- finding good people yeah if you have a single job I think as a founder right it's 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 finding really good talent it's not building it yourself it's finding other people um, it's like to, to to help you build it and and really eventually to do the majority of the building to be honest. Um and I think the biggest the biggest piece honestly just personal networks, right? I think we're lucky that you know we've had a couple of like really just key people that have had a lot of experience that know um you know that, that know a lot of this stuff like can obviously was probably the biggest uh the biggest puzzle piece that got filled um and then obviously like you know i think uh my, my wife is definitely um we are just like super lucky that she is also a lawyer and also is a force of nature um like definitely would not be able to do it without her like she is uh like she, she's been helping like for no pay basically just helping bootstrap the thing um just doing all of that miscellaneous work and i think. Um, that was like kind of the starting point I think for making us feel like we were able to do it. And then what we kind of, you know, branched out through personal networks. And, and, and I think, you know, a lot of us just, you know, we're lucky to just know a lot of people in the space and, and, and we had some inbound from friends of friends, but it was mostly just people we directly knew. Um, and, and I think that is, you know, um, that's honestly ultimately like the unfair advantage for any startup, right? It's like how do you get that initial momentum? And I think personal networks is the, the the most important thing there.
1: Nice. I'm not I'm I'm smiling a little bit over here to myself because I'm just like the ambition you guys have to right to to think like <laughs> we we should build an exchange. That sounds hard. We could totally do yeah. it, though. Let's let's Who do. Who I it. know let's, that could let's, help with this? <laughs> let's, let's, let's do it. Like let's find the people. Let's make
2: it happen. Um, I, I can I just like one comment <laughs> there. Yeah, it's like <laughs> this is like everybody says this. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying anything new, but it, it it's so like deeply true, which is that every founder is just like, yeah, we can do this. Like obviously, we can do it. But I, I mean, honestly, we're only six months into it, but it, like, you wouldn't believe the ups and downs over the past six months where it's like, it's, it's like Silicon Valley you, know, you ever seen that show? It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. you're on, on like, top of the world. world. <laughs> you're fucked.
1: You're it's it, just,
2: it's, it's just like one disaster after another in the, you would not like the, the incredible like. Mix of disasters that you run into. Um, it's just, it's just so you—you you just would not believe. You would just not believe it. And, and they're do not like. A, do you we know,
1: have a backpack docu series coming so that we can, no, like, gonna, so we can watch so. this? Let's hear some <laughs> of those stories.
2: It's just crazy. Yeah, the, the stories for another day, but it's just like one thing after another. It's like oh, I want panic the here, panic there, panic there, and, and it's just so different, right? Some things are just so silly and so dumb. Um, and, and some things are just like, well, you know, we we need to, you know, we 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 can't do this without this, and so now we got to solve this problem, and just getting to that point where you can even launch is just. I just have so much respect for so many for anybody who's done this. It's just like incredible. But anyway, <laughs> I wanna, I'll stop rambling. a
1: year and then- a year from now, I wanna I want to sit down with you and maybe like one or two members of your team who who were also part of these like panic moments and and just and and just have an episode where we're just chatting about like all the things that went wrong. And we'll do it. Yeah. We'll like I said, we'll do it a year from now when like everything is solid and it, there's no, it's not going to like disrupt <laughs> any, any brand, yeah. whatever, but, but we can, we can like reminisce and and hear about your, these stories.
2: Oh well, yeah. None of it's like really with respect to branding or anything like that. It's more just like challenges and hurdles to overcome that I think. Yeah. Yeah you
0: you want to cool. just ever, it's kind of, ever growing ever appearing hurdles that just never stop.
2: I'm talking about it as if it's over, right? But like there's going to be a whole other You're year of this just right like, now. Curious. But like <laughs> yeah, this is the, the the blissful ignorance of 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 you know, f- founding a company.
1: Yeah. That's no, I mean it's like if you knew what you were getting yourself into you might not do it. And so it, you know like it it has it has to be like a first time thing almost otherwise you just you just might not be willing to bite on it you Go know through it's just, it. like it's it's too <laughs> it's too challenging i i feel like um i've i've got i'm not going to lie like i've got this question building up in me and i it's like i'm hesitant to ask it because i don't want to make comparisons to ftx but i do feel like given that that's sort of like the the fall of ftx is the origin here right it's like it's a I little bit that. of that it's a little bit of that like this this fucked everyone over but also now that it's been you know like what i'm thinking you know as you guys are thinking about the timing of the exchange so it's like now that it's been six-ish months since ftx it's like thinking about it oh there is there is uh there are many good things that exchanges bring to the world and how do we how do we not throw the baby out with the bathwater how do we build an exchange that sort of has the positives and remove some of the negatives. And so I just, I have to ask like, what is the thing that makes this different than an FTX? I, I feel like I know it's like, I don't know you personally necessarily, but I feel like I know you from, from Twitter and, and our, our conversations in the past. And like, I, you are someone I would throw my hat behind. It's like, I trust you and your team to build something great. But for people who maybe don't have that same trust, it's like, what is what is the thing that they can see and latch on to as like this is not going to be like FTX
2: or any other thing that has fucked people over in the past? Super important question. And also thank you for the flattering words. I I, I deeply appreciate that. But I mean, there's the the marketing answer. And then there's like the, the the real nuanced answer. So the marketing answer is, is, you know, um, don't trust verify. Right. Um, so we want to build this thing. And, and this is genuinely true. We are building this thing so that you can have cryptographic kind of, uh, you know, uh, verification of the state of the exchange at any given point in time. So this is everything from the reserves. So every day. Um, we really want to push like the 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 boundary here and like i think most exchanges are doing this like once a month or something like that or a quarter or whatever i don't know the exact numbers but minimally every day we want to publish proofs where you actually have snapshots of the entire state of the exchange all the balances for all the users attested to cryptographically on a blockchain like solana and then you know you can pull out your phone or your extension or your website and verify those proofs with the cryptography with code that you can pull and run yourself um and, and you know uh, and verify that your money is there um Does so that's that mean the all the reserves will be on chain um so that that i guess that's a that's a technical question. That's the answer is like, yes and no. So technically all the money is, is on, on chain. Um, the, the, the nuance is that the exchange is basically built like a, like a blockchain. So what do I mean by that? I mean that there are multiple different validators that deterministically execute the state of the exchange. Every order placement, every deposit, every withdrawal, every order cancel, et cetera. Anything that writes to that state um, is executed in this system. It's it's like a separate blockchain, effectively. Think of it like an application-specific blockchain. And so to answer your question, is the money on-chain, right? It's like, well, yes, the money is held in an address on-chain, and that is controlled by all of the different validators on the, on the exchange network. So there's no single point of failure. Um, no single validator instance can unilaterally steal all of the money um and then there's even more nuance to this right um so this is the way we've built the exchange from an engineering point of view um private blockchain um, with proofs attested to daily it's funny you could actually think of it kind of like an l2 from that point of view um oh, yeah it's, was, um, it,
1: that's uh, um wh- i mean that's that's crazy cool uh, we yeah, we can circle back to it because we you you were sort of saying like the marketing answer and then
2: and then the yeah. nuanced answer. So so we can we can come back to the technical architecture if there's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah for sure. So. So that is the first. That's the starting point, and that's, from my view, table stakes. Is like we want to build a very robust, you know, um, exchange that's as transparent as humanly possible, where you can verify it. You don't have to trust it, and you can, you know, verify the balances, and and then actually verify the actual execution uh, with a historical archive of all the authenticated messages to have ever passed through the system. This is exactly what a blockchain does. Um, now that archive is not going to be publicly available. It might be public, you know, it might be available to like regulators or whoever. Um, but for privacy reasons, we're not going to just like post that on Twitter or whatever. Um, but, but, but we do, this is something that we, that we are that we have right, and so you can in, in theory use this just like a blockchain to go back to any point in time and be able to like look at you know what happens. And, and I think that's that auditable log is one of the really incredible kind of things that a blockchain gives you uh, that makes it really great purpose built financial technology. But I digress. So that's the starting point. And that's what I would describe as the marketing answer. The real nuanced answer, which is very boring for for people, but, it, but it's true. If you genuinely want to do this, you have to solve this FTX problem in multiple ways. Uh, with multiple different angles. So the first angle is the engineering point of view. That's the hot, sexy point of view, maybe because I'm an engineer maybe nobody else thinks that's sexy. Um, But there's other small things, right? Like corporate governance that is extremely important. So one of the places where I think FTX went wrong is that it had had a dictator, uh, uh, namely SBF, that could basically do whatever he wanted. Um, I don't think, I don't know the full details of the FDX corporate structure, but I'm pretty sure there is no like proper, um, board of directors. Um, and that's like a small thing that is extremely important. Corporate governance, not only, you know, ensures that you're doing things that are creating value for shareholders, but it, it's like a set, a set it's like an additional regulator, right? The board needs to be watching the CEO in the same way the CEO watches the company uh, or the, the, the people operating the company and keeping that person accountable, right? And double checking their work and making sure that they're being truthful and making sure that what they're doing is, is, um, you know, they're making high integrity decisions and, and, and creating value for the the shareholders and, a you know, obviously in 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 a legal way, but corporate governance is extremely important and not only corporate governance at the board level, but also corporate governance just within the company itself. I think, you know, people, it's hard to maybe fully appreciate this, but, but FTX, if you, you know, talk to people that work there, it was like a crazy place. Like, um, it had incredibly smart people, but it was, it was like, like, you know, obviously I didn't, um, I, I, I when I was like working alongside some of those folks, like it was really from the perspective of a, of an, of a, uh, I was like like an outsider, if you want to put it in those terms, like I didn't work on the exchange itself. Um, I didn't work on the trading systems, um, although I worked on the Alameda trading systems, and from January 2018 to March 2018, before FTX was even started, and then I eventually came back to work on Solana in 2020. Um, but I, I was really working on the, the 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 open source kind of you know crypto world. Um, but if you like FTX didn't have like proper management, right? It was kind of just like hire really smart people and have them go just like solve problems and like, they'll figure it out. And that was kind of like the, the structure, um, versus like we have like in compliance teams and like a treasurer and people whose jobs is nothing but holding people accountable. Um, like we just brought on, um, um, uh, like uh, a pretty awesome person to basically be the, the the treasurer for the company, and his entire job is basically just like look at the wallets, do user by user asset reconciliation, tell the devs what we need to build for um, like the admin dashboards to to be able to generate reports. But that's like another piece of oversight that's within the company. That's not really at the board level, but it's like this person is holding other people accountable um, and being able to build up those social structures within the company is extremely important, um, not only for productivity reasons, but also to have accountability and, and and making sure people are you know operating with with high integrity and reflecting the values of, of the institution. Um, and so building up. This you know social layer is extremely important. Um, in addition to obviously the, the the engineering point of view, and then there's like maybe the third point, which is you know auditability, not only from the cryptographic side, but from the more traditional financial side. Um, so have external auditors, obviously, you know, going through you know the balance sheets and, and things like that. And there's obviously you know that's not foolproof. Um, obviously, um, you know, you can. There, there's, you know, gotchas there, obviously as FTX kind of showed, but nevertheless, it's this, this, defense in depth where you have multiple different kind of angles to attack the problem at, and you really need to go after each one of them. Um, and then obviously you have the fourth angle, which is the prudential supervision where you have regulators actively monitoring, um, you know, the exchange, right? And this is why one of the reasons why the the VARA license was so valuable to us, which is now we have a regulator that globally supervises us. Um, that is, you know, that's a very rigorous standard for compliance, Where you know, we can't just not, you know, tell them the user balances, we can't just not segregate um, assets, um, because they'll know, because they're literally actively um, investigating this. Um, and so having all of these different aspects is extremely important. And so that's why I mean, uh, that's what I mean by it's a nuanced answer, right? It's not just about the cryptographic security, which is maybe the, the coolest thing and, and why blockchains are so interesting. But I think also having the social properties and the social um, layer to make sure that people are doing the right things is, is equally as important. And that's how you create important institutions.
1: I could, I could see, I could see why, you know, a CEO might, might try to avoid those sometimes feeling like, well, I need to be able to make decisions quickly and, and efficiently. But I also feel like there's sort of an opposing view where it's like, well, of course I want a social, uh, of course I want a, a circle of people I trust around me to carry this burden with me. Right. It's it's like there are uh, the goal here is to manage assets for as many people as will let you manage their assets, right? And 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 so and that is quite a burden, right? Like that's uh, that's taking on that's taking on a lot, and so feeling like it's entirely on your shoulders, I think, uh, could be daunting for some.
2: Do you feel that at all? I think. So 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 yes, I, I definitely feel the enormous responsibility. I think it's a challenge, right? Because you don't. On the one hand, you don't want to carry such a huge burden that you cripple under the pressure. Um, but on the other hand, you know, eh, you, you might want to diffuse some of that responsibility. But you don't want to diffuse it so that nobody is responsible and the wrong things happen, and you have like the abdication of responsibility. Um, what you really want is, I think somewhere in the middle where everybody you have multiple people, multiple levels of redundancy that we have all these people that feel that level of responsibility, um, so that the right things happen. And I think, you know, I don't think there's any way around feeling that enormous burden and you really just need to find people that rise to the occasion. It's certainly not for everyone. And I think this is why like having multiple kind of levels of, of, of defense is, is super important, right? People attacking this from the financial angle, from the regulation angle, from the engineering angle. Um and then obviously, you know, having the right, you know, operations in place to, you know, make sure that the right things are happening. And I think Yeah, it's, it's definitely a ton of pressure. It's enormous it's enormous, um, an enormous amount of responsibility. But I think I don't know, somebody's gotta do it. And I think I don't know, it might as well be us. <laughs> I I love that. <laughs> I,
1: I, no, I honestly love that. Um, that mindset. It's like, Hey, the world needs this. Someone's got to do it. May as well be me. All right, let's go. Let's get to work. Um, (laughs) that's all, that's awesome. I, I, you know, I, I love, I love, you know, the, the analogy of exchanges being like a bridge between sort of the, the, Existing financial system and this sort of new financial system that we're uh, that we're all you know trying to create and and build out. And I also love that you guys are trying to cover the entire spectrum of the crypto experience, from full self custody, full full DeGen, if you will, to um, you know to to the exchange. And I don't even want to say it's like full. Yeah, I, I think self custody to, to custody custody a spectrum is, of custody. Is, yeah, right. it, I mean that's that's the way to put it because it's like you can be you can be just as in the crypto world and still be operating on an exchange because there just are things you can't do on chain yet. There are financial operations mm-hmm. that that can't be done. Um, you know, so that's that's it's freaking awesome. I'm so, I'm so excited. I I, uh, I got my email that I could sign up the other day and I was a little little sad that uh, U.S. is not. Not yet oh, yeah. uh, on that, I also on that found list that of, of supported uh, jurisdictions.
2: Do, is there, do you have a time frame for that, you think? Yeah, so I think so the U.S. is really challenging for a bunch of reasons. So um, it's challenging from the perspective of time and money. So it costs probably... I don't know the exact number. I, I'm I'm kind of pulling some numbers out of a, out of thin air here, but you know tens of millions of dollars, maybe ten million bucks to go get all the licenses in, in all fifty wow. states. Um, and, and not only that, but also you know it takes about a year or two probably to go do that. Um, uh, and uh, there's probably you know uh, some some variance there, but that's morally speaking, I think uh, roughly correct. And yeah. so. What we will probably do in the near term for the U.S. is we will partner with an ex, you know other companies that have the licenses and use their custody solution and use their liquidity. Now, on the one hand, this is great because it allows us to go to market and it's in the product and you don't know the difference. But on the other hand, you're now subject to that company's standards for compliance mm-hmm. and for yeah. custody and engineering. And, and that's a scary thing. Um, yeah, they they you, get you lose like that cryptographic, um, exactly. auditing that, that you sort of mentioned. Exactly. So I think we're trying to navigate this. I don't have a great answer for you, but I think that is a path forward. I think there's a couple yeah. like pretty, um, pr- pretty, really great options that we're looking at right now. Um, but I think that would be the most immediate path forward. And then obviously if we do well, then we'll get our own licenses and, and things in that nature. But, um, I also think that like you know coinbase um, is a is a great product. I think they're a really incredible institution. I think they've done a great job in the us. Um, I have a ton of respect for 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 that kind of company and that product and And I think really, for us, the market is internationally. That's where the opportunity is. That's yeah. where you have all of these heterogeneous cultures and and regulations and and product offerings to build where we can really go find a, a niche there and 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 do really well there and that's kind of like it's it's kind of weird because we're I think we're all American we all kind of come from the U.S. and it, it's kind of easy to forget that well the crypto world is really an international industry it's not U.S. centric at all yeah absolutely um, and the U.S. is just getting I mean, I love the U.S. I really hope it embraces crypto eventually, um, but but I think for us, really, the market and the opportunities internationally, and and I think, um, you know, that's kind of some of the story there. But we we want to be yeah. in the U.S. as fast as humanly possible.
1: Got it. That, I mean, that yeah, like you that makes you, a lot of sense. you mentioning the cost there sort of reminded me. You you sort of mentioned capital requirements earlier. And that's, I mean, that's a, that is a huge hurdle, a a huge like moat to, to creating exchanges. Uh, what have, have you guys had to, had to have subsequent raises and, and things in order to, to make all this happen?
2: Yeah. So I think there, there's, we're lucky for two reasons. So the first reason is, um, in the beginning of the exchange, um, there was, um, namely one, um, of our one one, or a couple angels and then the founding team um, uh, that were able to kind of bootstrap it with just, you know, um, a small amount of capital and just experience. So one nice thing about kind of our team is that, You know, we can minimize costs, I think, in ways that I think a lot of other teams can't because of just the experience. Um, Like I could tell you firsthand, like if it were just me alone, I would be spending so much money on legal bills because I'd have to get on (laughs) calls with with lawyers every day and, and ask them, well, how do we do X, Y and Z? Um, And I think we're really fortunate that we've been able to minimize a lot of those costs uh, just because of the team. Um, And I I certainly can't take credit for it for much or any of that, to be to be totally honest. Um, And and so I think, you know, I think we've had a a fortunate starting point as a result of that. Nice. That's way cool. Well, Hire good
0: people. That's that's yeah. the name of the game. Hire good people and know good people to build good things. Like sounds great. I uh There's, we're getting pretty close to time here. Um, There's a couple of like rapid fire questions I want to ask you. I I did, a I posted on Twitter that we were going to like have a conversation. Like what do people want to know about backpack, uh, backpack exchange? And like pretty much the exact questions that you would imagine people would, would ask is do mad lads get early access, which that's already come true. Like, or KYC, the the first phase one has already happened. Mad lads have already gotten early access in, you know, jurisdictions that are allowed. Um, But can you give like any amount of, I don't want to say like roadmap necessarily, but like any broad timelines that you're willing and able to share of what are the next phases and like estimated time on when you think like first customers will be able to
2: use backpack
0: exchange as a, as
2: an exchange. Yeah. So I assume this podcast is not going to come out for about a week, so I'll go ahead and just say it. Uh, so this week is the answer. So, um, we're going to, Oh, nice. Yeah. So the goal is to list the first markets, um, by the, the 20th. Um, so as long awesome. as this podcast doesn't come out by then, you know, so what, here's what we're going to no, do. It'll, it'll come out in two or three weeks. Yeah. So there's going to be the, um, the first, um, the first market listed with, with a new token. We're going to list, um, uh, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna list a new token uh, that's coming out, and uh, yeah, so with a new the- token not being from Backpack and the team, but a no, token, no, no, like no. an ecosystem token, yeah, to yeah, not, not, it's okay. not, our, it's not our token, no, <laughs> it's an established that. project that's been in the um, the broader. I of, think the, I the might world have world. a guess. <laughs> yeah, you could <can> probably guess. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> nice. I think it's the people
0: we're having a conversation with next Wednesday at eight PM Eastern. <laughs> Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, um, okay, that's. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm so I'm also, excited. Yeah,
1: I'm also just so jealous though because I, being U.S. bound, I don't have access to anything. I know. <laughs> uh,
0: the other rapid fire question I would ask you, and this is this is the last one because you've already addressed all the other questions that people had asked because you know you're that you're that good. Um, is, back, is Backpack Exchange going to be open source or source available? Like the Backpack Wallet was source available for quite a long time. Eventually you guys archived the repo and then went closed source. Now it makes sense because you were doing exchange things and you know you were, you were doing all that. So are you going to go back to some amount of source
2: available either for the wallet or for the exchange too? Yeah, so we made the repo private purely for marketing reasons. And I think that ended up being a very good decision. Um, I think it worked. And the devs do some marketing. Um, uh, but no, <laughs> the, yeah, the intention um, is that we, there's some work to do to extract it out, but I, I really want to put the extension um, source available minimally and, um, and then go from there. So we need to, right now it's like we have a repo with everything in it. Um, and mm-hmm. so for, for the extension where we're, we're absolutely going to put it back into the public repo. We just need a ship. And they're, they're, it's like not on the top of the priority list right now, but we'll do it, I think, relatively right. soon. Um, I think the end state will probably, I mean, don't take my word for this. This might be, this is kind of up in the air. I'm, I'm thinking about this in real time on this podcast, uh, but I would expect <laughs> basically the extension to be source available um, minimally, um, maybe even change the license. I don't know. Um, I morally want to change the license. I see no reason why we can't change the license, but you know, I, I need to talk to the team about that first. Um, so so that would be the extension. I think, um, the wallet, the, or the exchange, I think will probably stay closed source. That's pretty important. I think just for marketing reasons, there's a lot of projects that, Want to do, like this, for example, this launch that we're doing this week, um, the project has asked us not to announce anything uh, um, until they're ready to announce it. So people don't know the token that's being listed or the market Mm -hmm. that's being listed. But that's all in the code base. And so, there's a very pragmatic reason, just from a marketing point of view, to keep the exchange stuff closed source. Um, There's other things you can argue, maybe security through obscurity. Maybe it's great, you know. It's that's not security, obviously. You know, it's your your CS one (laughs) hundred one. But you know, I think it's you know it it is something that's greater than zero, although maybe negligible. We certainly aren't relying on that, but there is something there. Um, There's just you know, as a business to be frank, I think as an open, I've worked on so much open source, right? And, and I think open source entitlement's a real thing, right? And when you have a company, you have so much, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just like, you know, being a, stepping into a a level that's maybe not super relevant, but you know, I think you, it just opens up attack vectors, right? Where you have people complaining about stuff. Um, Like, why are you listing this market before the market gets listed? Um, and, And it's like all this chaos that comes with running a, Open source project in addition to a company. And you could just like minimize a lot of that friction, I think, um, by just, you know, working um, on the repo in private. So I think we'll probably have some mix of, of those just for practical reasons. Um, so I think probably wallet extension will be minimally source available uh, exchange probably okay. just will stay private. And then the mobile app, which has both probably would just be the more conservative of the two, which will probably just be private for the same reasons, right? We don't want to leak stuff, um, but that's my current answer, you know, subject to change, but that's kind of more or less how sure, I feel at the moment. Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, awesome.
1: Awesome. All right. <laughs> well, you've already, you've already given us more time than, than we asked for. So I, I will just, I will just ask one more question, which is like, you know, we're, we're like currently in a, in kind of like a, 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 bullish moment for, for Solana. Um, I'm, you know, obviously there's, there's some excitement there in the ecosystem. Uh, I just want to know how you're feeling about things, you know, and I don't even necessarily mean token price. You know, I, I just mean, how are you, how are you personally feeling? You've got a lot on your shoulders. You got a lot that you're working on, it's exciting, it's stressful, it's all kinds of things. And I just, I'd love to finish with like, how is Armani doing?
2: So I don't know if you guys felt this way in school, but I always felt in school, um, like namely before exams, that I would just be extremely stressed out. And then it would be like, I would go through the exam and I wouldn't even remember it happening. It's just like your brain just working on autopilot. You're just like going, and then after the exam, you're like, "Wow, it's over!" Like that was like, you know, <laughs> it, it's like it's like it just like kind of happens, right? Um, and it's like kind of like when you're driving, right? If you drive, you like get into the car yeah. and then you get out of the car, it's like you know what happened in the middle? Right? <laughs> Shit, how did um, I get here? <laughs> <laughs> um, and and that's not to say that I'm on autopilot and not present, right? But it, but it is to say that I think. To be totally honest, I'm thinking about nothing other than like the next challenge and the next minute of the next day, and and it's really just like tunnel vision might be like the wrong word, but it, it kind of feels like that way. Um, I'm you're focused, I'm focused, no, I'm focused, yeah, focused, focused is really it. the, the thing. yeah, it's like locked in, right? And, and it's like the game's on right now. It's just like a crucial moment, and and I'm just trying to you know take one step at a time. So not looking back, not looking forward, just kind of trying to be present and, and do the things that need to get done. So that's the honest, you know, to God answer. Awesome. Cool, man. Awesome. Well,
1: I'm like always, thanks so much for what you and the team are building. I, you know, yeah. thank you. Love, love what you guys are offering to, to the, to the ecosystem. And uh, yeah, man, I, I look forward to chatting, chatting with you about this when you're not in it and seeing like, what are your, what are your retroactive views on things, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm so excited to see what you guys build. So excited to like chat with you about personally, what it, what it was like throughout the process. It's just, you know, all of that is fascinating to me. So thanks so much for, for jumping on. I know the time zone thing is, is tough, but, uh, thanks for working with us.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Thanks thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks Nick. Thanks James. Uh, yeah. All right. To the, uh, any, any final words you want to, you want to give the listeners or uh, n- not, not, nothing really other than, you know, if you, uh, you know, if you have the time, like we'd love for you folks to try out the, uh, the exchange beta, we're rolling it out, uh, this week and download the mobile apps and, you know, give us feedback and, and yeah, that would be, uh, that'd be wonderful. Love it. Love it. Awesome, right, man. To the listeners,
1: we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.